Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, AudioMac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Romantic Truth Podcast. Please be advised that the content of this show is for mature audiences 18 and over due to the topics discussed. Please feel free to follow and like Romantic Truth on Facebook at facebook.com slash romantic truth. You may also listen to the podcast on anchor.fm slash romantic truth. Now, here is your host Jawson. What has happened? Raphael has been discriminated against by other women of his racial background. And one thing that he's noticed is that a lot of them are saying that they have Spanish blood. Let's look at some facts here, folks. When it came down to the Spaniards on these explorations, the majority of the ships were filled with men. The only women that were brought over for the most part were women that could do chores, and there weren't that many of them, and also women of the aristocracy, and they were few, far, and in between. And the reason for this was because, well, they wanted to be with their husbands, who probably was a viceroy or some sort of governor over a certain region. Now, you think that someone with that status was going to actually marry someone who was indigenous? Because there were serious rules back then. Now, the interesting thing is this. And he was talking about, in particular, his email, about him not being of pure Spanish blood. Well, here's the problem. Not too many people that claim that are of pure Spanish blood. Because, see, the aristocracy actually went through the matriarchal side. You know, it's like when something's rare, it's more valued than something that's in abundance. The majority of men that came from Spain into the New World, as they would call it. I don't know why it was so new. People were already living there. But here's the thing. They came over, and who did they impregnate? the indigenous women. Now, a foot soldier coming over with the conquistadors to impregnate an indigenous indigenous woman is by no means of any kind of royal blood. It's just like a working class guy getting a woman pregnant. There's no wealth with it. But this is a sense of pride some people use. It's just like an African-American community. You know how many times you heard, oh yeah, we're descendants of kings and queens. What tribe, what king, what queen? Gotta ask yourself those questions. You know, it's funny. When I was doing my little trek through Africa 
I met some people that were supposedly kings and queens, but you know what they were doing? Working regular jobs. They got it through lineage, but it didn't mean anything for the most part. Because you have to remember, the colonists came in and appointed, put who they wanted in charge. And that's the way it's been for God knows how long. Even though these people were indigenous tribal kings at one point, um, many of them can't ascend to the throne. So this is something more or less like a sense of personal pride than anything else. Makes them feel good to say it. I'm of Spanish blood. I'm of kings and queens. Well, where's the wealth? Where's the kingdom? Where's the nobility? Where's all of that shit? You don't have it. Because it's an aspirational thing. You know, there was a company years ago that would uh, give these people these family uh, coat of arms and these placards and everything. And based on the fact that their last name had a coat of arms to go with it, the people made the assumption that, oh, you know, I'm from this family. No, they wouldn't own you. They wouldn't claim you. That was called clout chasing back then, too. And you have to face some facts here. As famous as Winston Churchill was in the UK, prime minister, Thank goodness he replaced Neville Chamberlain. Don't know what would happen if that wasn't the case. But here's the thing. Princess Diana, his great-granddaughter, married into the royal family. She was a commoner. That was a big deal, wasn't it? And she wore that sweater with the black sheep on it because she wasn't a royal. You know, the worst thing in the world is to go and try to attach yourself to somebody who don't want to be attached to you. Damn, that's horrible. That is horrible. And you know, when I got into Europe and got into Spain, I thought that maybe things were a little bit different for people. Like, you know, people from Mexico shouldn't have a problem. Oh, they did. Some of them did. You know, it cracks me up. Uh, they don't even use the word usted in Spain. Didn't hear it used in Puerto Rico or any other places. Mexico, yeah. It's one of those words that, mm -mm. usted means you. And here's the thing. A lot of people are looking in order to identify or to feel prestigious or feel better than they feel about themselves. It's understandable. And this is the human dynamic we have to contend with, even in dating. I know of women from Mexico that would not date someone from Guatemala, Ecuador, El Salvador, uh, Bolivia, Peru, because of height, because they were too short and in some cases too dark. 
Yeah, they have those limitations too. People discriminate within their own racial group. People, well, it's not really a racial group, it's more of a nationality. And some of you have asked, what's the difference between Hispanic and Latino? Well, first of all, let's get something straight here. There are only four races that were actually determined by Darwin. Negroid, Caucasoid, Mongoloid, and Australoid. Australoid is usually where many of the indigenous populations came from. Now, they migrated in places like Australia. They migrated out different places. And here's the interesting thing. Very innovative people. When it comes down to Hispanic, a lot of people don't even know where that originated from. It came out of the ass of the Nixon administration when they wanted to get more white voters. So they split up the Latin community and said, you're Hispanic, meaning that white Hispanic, non-white Hispanic. English is your first language. Spanish is your first language. Now, the island of Hispanola. You heard of a country called the Dominican Republic and uh, Haiti, right? That's Hispanola. Haiti and the Dominican Republic existed before Nixon ran for office. But it was an ingenious way in order to keep their numbers up. So they're still a, a majority. You split the Latino vote. Oh, and they felt good about it. You know, the people from the Tejanos and those folks, they felt good about that. But not realizing, especially Cubans and so forth, they were being used politically. What would you see at every Republican stump speech, damn near? Somebody from Cuba or some other country saying about how great America is kissing their feet. Now, here's the interesting thing. If black people were a lighter shade, oh, they would have tried to get the votes from them too. Because it was all about power. But what's happening now, the birth rate in the Caucasian communities have gone down immensely. The largest growth is in the Latino population. That means people who don't speak English as their first language. 18% increase. They're not affected by all of this Roe v. Wade. They're going to have their children. But see, the problem is a lot of young, younger Caucasian women are realizing, I don't want to be a baby meal. I don't want to go out there, get pregnant, and have some guy bossing me around telling me what to do for the rest of my life and how to vote. See, the people that are pushing not to become a minority, they're over the age of 40. Those are the people. The Trump supporters and all the rest. But see, one thing we have to realize, too, is this. This change is going to happen whether they like it or not. Black population, the birth rates increase, I think, about 13% or so. 
Asian population, I think 3%. And that's what's happening. The people that want to have more babies, want to make more babies, are the people that can't conceive anymore. And the younger people are like, you know what? You need to grow the fuck up. We now have resources where we can look and plan our lives. We're not going by your traditional scare tactics of the past. And that's what they've done. These women are wiser now. They're educating themselves. A lot of these women are. They're not going out having a whole multitude of babies. Are you kidding me? Many of them have said they don't want to have any children. And you know what's funny? I'm starting to meet more women over the age of 40 that don't have any children. And I asked them why. And more often than not, they said, you know what? That would have interfered with my plan in life. And they could always give me a point of reference to somebody that had children. And it was problematic for them to grow in their lives. An interesting thing about it, most of the women that I found who didn't have children, career-wise, they were very successful. And see, there's a population of men that feel as though they're obsolete because, well, the woman can make her own money now. Well, they might have grown up in that environment where daddy ran everything, but shit, people grow up, people learn, people realize, I don't have to do this shit. I go out and make my own money. I need to wait on you and ask you for this or that. That's what's happening. Now, this racial thing is not only in the Hispanic community or Latin community, but it's also in the black community in a form of thing called colorism, where people are discriminated against on their skin tone. Darker-skinned people are discriminated the most. Let's face it. I've had black women tell me straight up, nope, mm -mm, you're not light enough for me. You don't have green eyes. You don't have blue eyes. Oh, I've been told that before. I've known women that dated a guy because he had gray eyes. Two women in particular. And what did they get out of the deal? babies and no man because for some people having somebody of a lighter race or a different race or a different skin tone is actually a life works for them it's important for them for status to feel like they're somebody because everybody else has kind of dogged them out based on that had a woman broke up with me, told me she was too pale for me. I told her, that's okay, I love your blue veins and your green veins. No, uh-uh. I gotta get a guy that probably, it's my skin tone because it, it just, just wouldn't seem like the ridicule you'll get. I said, okay, whatever floats your boat. It happens. Person has their preferences. Now, this also happens in Asian culture too. 
Philippines and different places, whole skin color is a big thing. Because you will find that many ethnic groups link race to status and money. Oh, like I told you, there were women I met in the Philippines. Yeah, I'll date a black guy, but I won't marry one. Oh, why not? Oh, when I get to the States, um, you guys will be treated poorly. I want to be treated better. And they were delusional. I said, no, what's going to happen is they're going to still respect your man. And they're only going to respect you based on your respect for him. Things can change when you lose that protection. So these guys were being used as well. And this is something you have to face, sir. Raphael, I know um, it probably hurt you because you guys have the same background. But you'll run across people like that all the time. I know a lady right now lives out in Los Angeles. She's in line to be a princess in her family by lineage. She works a job every day. She didn't get any special treatment. And the rest of her quote-unquote royal family back in Europe, the average everyday people. Oh yeah, they have the title. And they're only brought out for honorary events, but for the most part, they have a prime minister. They don't need them for that. They did away with the whole monarchy a long time ago. Well, I know it's tough though, folks, because you're thinking, damn, when will I be recognized in life? At what point? You know what you gotta do? You gotta recognize yourself. That's the first person. And that's really the only person. Because you could walk past somebody have a million dollars in your pocket unless they know you're a millionaire they don't give a shit about you that's just the way it is you look at what's happening with Taylor Swift and Kelsey Travis Kelsey his jersey went through the roof and I'm happy I'm happy for him I hope they really make it as a couple successful young lady successful guy See why not? But here's the thing that we have to also realize. What did they have to do? They did what other people didn't want to do today. So tomorrow, you already know what to do and won't have to. In general, that's what successful people do to make it. Now, 
the other thing too is this. When we look at this um, whole thing about race, this whole dynamic, you have to remember, you can always be discriminated against someone no matter what race you are. You could be the whitest white man with the most racist views in the world. You're going to be discriminated by somebody. That's just the way it goes. And who are they discriminated by? The wealthier whites that don't want to have nothing to do with them. Plain and simple. See, your skin is the first filter. And it could be ethnicity. It could be geography. It could be your financial status. Oh, there's a plethora of things to filter you out on. I had a friend of mine, she was so hurt when this guy she was dating, his mother took her to the side and said, uh, honey, um, I don't want you to get pregnant. I hope you enjoy your relationship with my son. But you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of marrying him. We're not going to let you into this family. Told her that straight up. She was in tears and she told him, you know what? He stayed quiet and listened to her. And she's like, well, he didn't say anything. I said, of course not, because he agrees with his mom. Because that's the way it's going to be. You're just a piece of ass for the moment. But, but, but nothing. That's the way it is. You're putting more into it than he will ever give you back. Oh, and it happens within own racial groups. I know black women right now that don't want their sons to marry a black woman. Got them brainwashed already. And of course, you get that elementary <laughs> sandbox school thing about your mama black. Hmm. My mother told me to marry any kind of woman, any kind of ethnicity or race that comes about. She says, I'm your mama. I want you to be happy. Your happiness is more important than any kind of goddamn quota. And she was absolutely right. And I appreciate her for that because she got a lot of exposure. I learned a lot. Because like I told you before, folks, that loyalty thing you pull, it's only gonna hurt you in the end. Everybody else is gonna be fine with it. I've seen it happen over and over. Got a friend of mine now, they've been married 22 years. And she doesn't know to this day, the only reason why they got married is because she was a black woman that the family wanted, her, wanted him to be with. And he's cheated on this woman so much it ain't funny. And she knows it. But he's staying with her to keep the family quiet. To keep the family from jumping in his ass. When I was overseas, he'd, man, you, you gotta, you gotta bring back some pictures of those women. No, man, you need to take your ass over there. Oh, that's right, you can't because, uh, you're under an obligation that has nothing to do with your feelings. 
You're carrying on a burden. You don't even have to. Because the one thing that you have to also understand is this. When you're doing something for the benefit of someone else, you got to wait till the motherfucker dies or something before you can be yourself. Well, who's going to do that shit? But there are people that do it. There are people that hold their lives up. They did a Jewish lady one time. Came as a guest at their temple. Very nice service. Kind of interesting. The women had to sit up in the balcony area and all the men were down. And I was like, well, you know, that's their custom, that's their tradition. But it was funny. When we broke up, we had a, a rolling joke. She says, now, don't forget, I'm Jewish and you're Gentile. <laughs> I was like, damn, this sounds dirty. But she was just kidding. It was the inside joke with us. She went back to Tel Aviv and lived her life. But it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot from her. But one thing I learned more than anything was kosher food. Which helped me out a lot, but I could never, of course, participate in many of the Middle Eastern religions because I'm gonna eat the fuck out of me some, well, crab is okay, but scallops, shrimp, all of the rest of they getting fucked up. I'm not even gonna kid. I'm not even gonna kid you on that. Especially on tiger shrimp. Tiger shrimp. Shit. Mm -mm. Even after he's cooked, he looks up at me and says, "Oh shit, not this guy." He'd be walking on his little hind fins, trying to get away from me. But it happens, and you learn. There was a fish market, or well, it's a fish restaurant in Los Angeles on Beverly Boulevard. They should love to go there on Wednesdays. Food was great. People were very friendly. I kind of liked it. It was really cool. And here's the thing, folks. There's one thing that I appreciated about Los Angeles in the sense that it was a melting pot. You met all kind of people. One of my best friends was from Jordan. Had another one from Egypt. Had a friend from Saudi Arabia. And we all got along. Had plenty of Jewish friends from the Middle East, Israelis. We got along, they were cool people. Palestinians, met, had a couple of friends of those. And learned a lot about business from a Palestinian gentleman and his brother. And I wish them nothing but the best and success to continue. You know, the funny thing <laughs> is this. As these people are successful in life, it's wonderful sometimes to see them grow. 
I get a kick of seeing people grow, do better for themselves, advance their own situation. This is one of the reasons why I do this show. To do my small incremental part so that you guys can do what you need to do in life. Like I told you, I'm not here to influence you or guide you one way or the other. You are in control of your own destiny. But sir, what you have faced in a situation with this lady, a lot of people have faced this same situation. And then when you put gender in it, it becomes another issue. Let me give you an example. Another lady I knew of, African-American, got with a successful Caucasian man, and he was over this marketing company. They'd market different things, such as any kind of uh, scuba gear, that kind of thing. They did all the labeling for them. And she was really into him, he was into her. And the family had that meeting. His family had that meeting. And in no uncertain terms, it was a no. And what she told me about what he had told her was that his mother would have a problem having a caramel-colored grandbaby in the family. And she said if he was to go on and get her pregnant and he had a child, if the child wasn't too dark, the child could come over, but the mother would have to stay at home. Do you think he cut the ties between his family over her? He'll know. And this is one thing that you're going to have to understand, many of you, when you get into interracial relationships, you may get in one with someone that's not strong enough in order to endure it. So therefore, don't be surprised if they go and capitulate to their family's wishes or the wishes of their peers. This is the reason why a lot of you, especially you black men, we get a lot of these white women that want to put their toe in the pond but don't want to swim. The younger women are different. They'll go for it. They don't give a shit. Those women... 35 and up a lot of them they still want to appease everyone else and you usually don't find them letting their hair down and being themselves until after they've been in a fucked up situation or after they have lived by somebody else's rules then they want to become totally autonomous they don't give a shit and then you got to worry about the ones that are trying to rebel the ones that are curious the ones that are doing all this stuff for the wrong reason. Now, every once in a while, you'll find someone who's fair and even-handed that you can actually get along with. Where they don't have that bias. They're out there. But here's the thing. Many of them are far and in between. What you'll find is a lot of 
racial opportunist. And that goes for brothers that just want to sleep with white women and all the rest of this other stuff. A lot of them are not used to it. And as I told you before, I don't put anyone on a pedestal. She could be white, Asian, Latin, black, I don't give a shit. Everybody's treated the same. Everybody has the same criteria. No one gets special. Black woman can't come in and get special treatment because she's black. White woman can't come in and get special treatment because she's white. They're all treated the same way. Because that'd be unfair to me to treat them differently. What kind of person would I be doing that? They all breathe the same air. They all take a shit just like anybody else. They all need food. What's the difference? Now, in some cases, behavior is an issue. But that's not a racial issue. That has to do with character based on what? Exposure and other influences. Changing the subject a bit, you know, uh, <laughs> I didn't want to laugh at the guy, but I laughed at the guy. He was in this um, chat room. We were all talking about the game, Miami and uh, Denver. And he was a Denver fan. And I feel so sorry for the guy at his audio. He was, uh, they, they need to at least not beat us that bad. <laughs> What's going on? They're going to make a new record, and they're going to they're gonna beat us. And, and his, you can hear his girlfriend in the background saying, Honey, it's going to be all right. You don't have to cry. We thought he was joking. This man was boohooing. Now, I'll admit, Miami... I don't know. Miami must have just got pissed off during one practice and said, you know what? We're going to have everybody doing everything. That game was more like a practice than it was a game. Shocked me that the Steelers beat the Raiders. I'll give them credit on defense. But one thing these teams are going to have to realize, just as an aside, Paying these quarterbacks $200 million plus is not going to have you, that's not going to get you a better team. You have a stellar quarterback, but if you got a shitty offensive line or no running back, or wide receivers that drop the ball all the time, you don't have much. So maybe they'll get it right next season. Now, I look at a person like Patrick Mahone. Talented football player. I like the way he carries himself even off the field. They've got him on some interviews in different places. He's still Patrick Mahone. But here's the thing. He has charisma without having charisma. He doesn't need it. Not because he plays football or whatever. It's because you could tell his parents put work in with him. And it is exemplified now in the way he conducts himself.
this will give you just a snippet of what a person may actually be like. Now, even though I'm not a Kansas City fan, used to be, not anymore. Because my two teams were the Steelers and Kansas City, then it switched up and it was Miami and the Steelers, then it switched up again, then it was Buffalo and the Steelers. And now I'm just a pure Steeler fan all the way. But I've been a pure Steeler fan since 72. But see, there are people that actually will not date other people because of the teams. I have a friend of mine, she's a diehard Dallas fan. She would not date anyone else but a Dallas fan. She's a gorgeous woman. Oh, and she loves to walk around with a little cowboy hat on. Had that blue star in the front. I say, you know you can't wear that north of the 30th parallel. <laughs> but for the most part. She's going to eventually find love some way, somehow. Her criteria is kind of high when it comes down to Dallas because he has to be really a hardcore fan. In her home, oh, everything is silver, blue, and white. Everything. The carpet is matched to the same blue as the star for the Cowboys. She's got walls full of stuff autographed pictures of Tony Dorsett and all the rest of the other players, uh, Deion Sanders, all those guys. Well, guess what? She had a passion for something and what did she do? She followed through with it. You see her effort and what she did. And so, with that, a man has respect that when he meets her, in order to date her. She's not talking about what she's going to do. She's talking about what she's done. <laughs> like today, I finished a chapter of the book. That book whooped my ass, but that's all right. I'm still going on with it. And folks, if you're ever starting out to write a book, one thing I'm going to tell you. The first thing to do is get everything down on paper first. Don't worry about organizing it. Just get it down out of your head and on paper or on your computer. After you've done that, then you go back in because you want to get the thoughts out there first just to help you structure it. You can always organize it the way you want later, but get it out there first. Now, um, closing that subject matter about race, there's something else that um, I need to discuss with you folks that was brought up in one of your emails, and I'll read it to you from Shirley. And Shirley is out of Kenosha, Wisconsin. I went on a date with this guy recently. I'm 43 years old. I've attached a photo. Give me your opinion, please. Be gentle. But it's something about this guy that's creeping me out. Well, on our date, he told me about where I used to live. He told me about where I used to work and what schools I've gone to. 
I didn't feel too comfortable as he was revealing this information, but he was so happy with that grin on his face. And it was just something just not right with him. He asked me out for a second date and I told him I'd have to give him a rain check. I've made an excuse for us not to go out this weekend. But is it just me or do you think I should not go out with him? My girlfriends say I shouldn't. What do you think is a man? Shirley, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Shirley, don't go out with that damn man. I'm just telling you, don't. Follow your instinct. That man's probably got a basement full of horrors. Don't, don't, just don't. Your body's already told you no. By the way you're feeling. This goes against one of my tenets, as I always tell you. If you go and do research on someone, keep it to yourself. Let them tell you. And then in your head, let it add up. Don't try to sit there like you have the answer to the $50 million question. Because it's going to freak somebody out when you do that. Or a person can tell you everything about you. Oh, you went to here, you went to there. Even some of the people on this show that listen to the show. I only share things with them that I think is appropriate. Another thing too. Ladies, I don't know how you guys are doing this, but there are some women that are out there having their girlfriends to look up information on people. Don't let your girlfriend lose her job over some bullshit. Seriously. I was listening to a podcast the other night. This lady has a friend who works at a credit agency, credit bureau, not one of the majors. And she wanted to date this guy and she had this friend of hers look up his personal information, credit score and all the rest. And now she got busted by her boss and she's about ready to lose her job, more than likely she will. Don't put yourself out like that for anybody. Just don't do it. You don't have to. And this friend of hers is not going to let her move in with her. This friend of hers is not going to help her pay her rent. This friend of hers is not going to help her with her car payment. Like she told the rest of the folks in the podcast. That's on her. She could have said no. And what this comes from, folks, you trying to please somebody else. For what reason? What's the, the recourse? What is the purpose of trying to please that person? How's it gonna benefit you? Is it gonna put you more at risk than anything else? And just think, 
she lost her job more than likely to somebody she's not sleeping with, to somebody that doesn't really give a damn about her. Hmm, kind of interesting. I'm putting it to you this way. The lady I get with, one thing that's going to be abundantly clear, we fucking for our help. <laughs> I'm putting it out. Hey, it, not going to be no bullshit where you, oh, we're just free. Oh, he'll fuck that. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Now, we were platonic from the beginning and we were really good friends. Okay. Like any one of my exes. They needed any help. They covered. Damn, they got a pension plan for their asses. But they covered. <laughs> they covered. And of course, if I had needed anything from them, it goes both ways. But I wouldn't dare. And they wouldn't dare with me. But it's always there. The cushion's always there. The reason being, our friendship outweighed the relationship. Got good friendships with their husbands. Frank, if you're listening, you're included in that group too. <laughs> it was kind of funny because um, one of my exes introduced me to her boyfriend at the time before they got married. Well, Frank could fish, I couldn't. And so he invited me to go fishing with him one time. And so Frank had a gun. It was legal permit and everything. And he said, now, you know, just in case we run across a snake or something like that. And so I came up with the wise idea. Why don't we just shoot the fish? And then you don't have to sit out here all day with the rod. If you see him, you just shoot him. And he just looked at me as if I had lost my mind. Well, I'd like for you good folks to know that I came out of that whole fishing experience without one fish. Fish got up to the hook and looked at me, looked at the hook and said, man, fuck this, and swam away. So I realized fishing, golfing, tennis, those are three things in baseball, four things I know I'm not good at. So I'm fine with that. I'm perfectly okay with it. But I'll fuck you up in some bumper cars. Damn straight I will. Because see, in the bumper cars you can get even with people. There was this one lady that cut in front of me in line. I made sure ooh, I tagged her ass good. Oh, I remember you, yeah. Got your ass. Find some damn bumper cars. And she used to freak me out with those sparks that would come out of the top of the thing. That's all right. But for the most part, people, it's all about being good to each other. It's always stress. Because that's what we're missing in our society now. We're so polarized socially, politically, 
That is ridiculous. Now, I got one other thing to address before I let you guys go. I watched a YouTube um, video the other day. There was this transgender woman dressed in a pastor's robe at a pulpit at this church. And this individual said that Jesus was the product of two men. And I scratched my head for a moment, and I'm like, okay, you're just going to invent some shit and just put it out there. According to what was written centuries ago, you're just going to put this bullshit out there. And this person went on about his pronouns. Well, throughout the Bible, it says he, thou, thee, and all that other good shit. Now, we know, to be fair, King James in England had a lot to do with what many Americans are reading today based on what he thought was fit for other people to read. Because after all, he was the king of England. He chose what was going to be in the Bible and what wasn't. Now, it's kind of interesting how with religion, we can, we can make exceptions to our beliefs. You know, I always look at religion more like a dream. Haven't you ever went to sleep, dreamed, dreamt about something, woke up, and then you went back to sleep, and you resumed the dream and corrected the shit that was wrong in the dream? In many cases, I think that's what we do with some of our biblical texts and some of our religious texts. People have different interpretations of it. There's some people that live strictly by the Bible. There are others that say, no, you know what? Let's take out this portion of it. And we're not going to call him Job or Mark. No, his name is Chuck. And we're going to name him Johnny B. Folks, there are people out there that do this kind of stuff. They have their own interpretation of the Bible. I can tell you how many times people have tried to rewrite it for themselves in different ways. But we fail to realize how much terror, violence, and everything else is in the Bible. But mighty funny we take that as normal, but yet if we watch a movie with a whole bunch of killing in it, we, we say, oh, it needs to be banned. But yet we read in that book where they talk about incest and everything else. If you're going to ban any books, you need to start with the Bible if you're going to do that. Talking about taking all these books about sexuality and everything else out of the schools and libraries. Because there's some horrific shit in that book. But we normalize it. Because it was back then and everything was sanctimonious and holy. Those people live no better than we live today. And people 3,000 years from now are going to think we were more sacred than we really are. 
because we always defer our better angels to other people. Gotta create that distance. You create that distance, and what do you have at your advantage? The ignorance of not knowing and the structure of creative belief. The thing you want it to be, even though it may not have been what you expected it to be. But we gotta remember they had prostitutes back when Jesus was around. They had a lot of shit going on. They had con men. These prosperity members, ministers, they had them back then. Nothing's changed because it was all the human dynamic, the human cycle. And it just perpetuates itself as we go along. And after we've died off and been forgotten, others are going to do the same shit we did over and over and over again in perpetuity. That's if the earth doesn't decide to reclaim its territory sooner. But like Phil Collins said, it's a domino effect. What happens to those people over there? What happens to those people over here? Which will happen to these people up front? Now, if something changes over there, it's going to affect people over here. It's going to affect the people up front. But the people in the back will be affected too. Everybody does. But in a way, it's a good thing. It's a continuum. Like I've always told you, if I had a choice to be anything in life other than who I am, it would be one four-letter word, T-I-M-E, to witness everything that's changed and everything that will change. But unfortunately, I'll never have that luxury. But it would have been nice to have seen everything from beginning all the way through until now. But we have to deal with our own capacity, right? All right. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned, or endorsed by Romantic Truth, Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show.
Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.